Put uniforms. LaPierre to the goal mount. Byfield pulls it back and scores between the legs. Quentin Byfield with a dandy power play goal, and it's three to nothing. Well, that's two power play goals now for Canada. Byfield, the skill. The, I mean, when you're that skilled, your hands are that soft, and you have the size. I mean, there's just no way when he has a path. Hello everyone, welcome to this episode of Hockey Prospect Report. I'm Frankie alongside with Nick, who you'll hear from a little bit later. But before we get into this episode, we want to let you know about our sponsor, Customized Sports. Customized Sports offers high quality tackle tool jersey kits featuring the name bar and the numbers, and which you can get for any blank jersey that you own. For more information about Customized Sports, please visit them on their website, www.customizedsports.com, or on their Reddit or eBay page at customized-sports. As well, at checkout, use code PROSPECT10 for your 10% discount. Thank you to Customized Sports for sponsoring us. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Hockey Prospect Report. Nick here, Frankie, as usual. How's it going there, buddy? Oh, we're going. <laughs> That's all we're I got. We're going. That's all I got. Awesome. That's it. Awesome. We got an interview uh, for everyone today, Frankie. Yo, why does it feel like it's been forever since we've recorded? It doesn't feel forever to me. I think I think we're on pace. Oh my god! Long. It feels like a, it's been a long time. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. Hmm. Anyways, we got an interview for everyone today. We uh, we had AJ Jackubeck join us. He's a uh, is he he's an I shouldn't say an analyst. He's a host, right? And or on a show. what is it? Yeah. Called? Okay. The, so the box is that what it's called? It, it's called in the box. That's the in show the he hosts. AJ Jackubeck. For those of you who don't know is uh, he, he, uh, he worked for TSN 1200, which is Ottawa's uh, sports radio show. He hosts In the Box, which is on TSN 1200 from, I think it's like 10 till 2 every weekday. Uh, he just, he was actually in the hospital for a while. And, uh, you know, he's just recently gotten out. He's back on the radio. He's happy. Or not happy, sorry. I mean healthy. Uh, I don't, I can't tell if you if he's happy or not. I don't know. You'd have to ask him that. <laughs> um, but uh yeah so we were super thrilled to have him on uh and then as well he also he's a play-by-play announcer for the red blacks and the 67s whenever he has time so i don't know i, th- I thought uh this would be a super cool interview to do nick had absolutely no idea who aj was before this uh so i hope now you uh understand why he's nicknamed the super aj uh, well it was a, it was a fun interview he knows his stuff and it was, uh, I think it was well-timed to have him on the podcast, especially after us doing our mock drafts with, together. And then we get some insight on what he thinks on the, the few, first few prospects coming in. And, yeah, it was fun to have him on. What was he in the hospital for? He had uh, – oh, I don't want to speak to this because I, I don't know exactly what happened. Um, but I know it was relatively serious. So – you know, it, it's it's really, really good to see him back on the radio because I, I know we really missed him. And <laughs> I know because uh, he's pretty comfortable with people giving him a hard time every now and then. He appreciates it. Um, I, Nick, I don't think you understood going into this just how little we had to prepare because I knew for a fact that AJ would talk the vast majority of the time that we had him. Yeah, he, um, like you said, I don't think everyone understands we didn't, do too much prior to it um we knew what we wanted to talk to him about or at least what points we wanted to address with him but man i mean he gave answers to 
six or seven different questions that we didn't even ask. <laughs> yeah, AJ guides, AJ guides the conversation. Like, that's how that goes. Um, and, again, I always say that because I know he's comfortable with it. Uh, so, I don't know, man. I, I think AJ Jakubik is easily one of my favorite radio personalities. So, you know, I'm really thankful that he came on with us. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to start following his work. But for those of you who don't know, we did a mini mock drafts last week. Frankie and I put our own together with the top eight. You did some really dumb things on yours, I will say. And Frankie didn't like half of the stuff that I did. No, I hate. That's an so, understatement. So I hated your some of your picks. Before <laughs> listening to this interview, you might want to check them out. If not, it's all good. You can listen to this interview. <laughs> I mean, AJ, AJ kind of said that uh, the idea of, you know what, actually, I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to spoil what he says. Uh, Cause you know, he kind of caught me off guard with what he said a little bit. And after I, you know, I listened to him say it, it made a lot of sense. So I, I think this is one that you're going to want to listen to, especially if you're a Sens fan, obviously AJ is uh, from Ottawa covers the Sens almost exclusively. So great, great interview. If you're a Sens fan, and even if you're a fan of another team, pretty good one considering you know aj does know his stuff well correction he's based in ottawa he's from edmonton remember he well, said yes yes but he covers <laughs> the sends almost yes. exclusively yes and yes. you know what i meant so don't even start with me <laughs> okay i won't start with you so i guess we'll turn it over to the interview we'll just get right into it what do you say go for it all righty aj take it away all right everyone well we are here with uh, Mr. AJ here. Uh, AJ, how you doing? Thanks for coming on. Yeah, great to be with you guys. Uh, always, always happy to talk hockey, so it's good. Yeah, man. So we got a lot of, ha- lot of stuff happening on with the draft lottery that just happened. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of controversy over uh, the new format they did this year, um, obviously with the COVID-19 affecting everything. And I'm sure you have some thoughts being uh, from Ottawa here and um, – you know, with their situation, what do you, uh, what's your take on it? Yeah. I mean, look from a, I, I'm a hockey fan first and foremost. I mean, we're, we're in this business and I know there's some people that work in, in the media that'll say, I just cheer for the story and, you know, but, but I'm a hockey fan. I grew up a hockey fan and, and as a hockey fan, I, I just think the, uh, and I said this on Friday, this is not something, you know, long before they had even, you know, the lottery balls had been picked. Uh, you know, the one thing that I didn't want to see was a placeholder get the, the first overall pick. And, and you know, I, I'm, I'm good with the new draft lottery rules and having three teams in there. I, I'm, I'm, you know, all for trying to disincentivize um, tanking. Like, you know, it, having Arizona and Buffalo and Edmonton that one year in the McDavid sweepstakes, you know, basically – as bad as they were, what um, wasn't good for hockey to have Sabres fans cheering Arizona goals like that. That wasn't good for hockey. And in the end, Ottawa beats LA in the last game. Um, they're picking second and third and not third and fifth. Right. So be careful what you wish for. I said that throughout the season, um, three and five Ottawa's in a great spot. And we'll get to that in a moment, but I just felt uh, because of the fact that, you know, I get it. It's a different year. Um, you know, like teams aren't going to be playing at home. They're, they're going to be missing on that revenue. Uh, I'm fine with 24 teams, but the, the, the big thing for me is 
the hockey and, and we don't even know, like there's no guarantee that they're even going to get through this. Right. But if they do get through this, the big thing for me is that you've got 24 teams that are going to have hockey related activity. And that's an advantage. There's, there's teams that are going to be idle for, you know, 10 months or, or who knows, maybe even longer, right. Without any kind of hockey related activity, they're going to be completely on the sidelines. So even if a team loses in three straight in, in the play-ins, they're, they're going to be able to have a training camp and get, get some of their guys playing and skating again and just in the, in the hockey mold and, 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 and routine again. And, and to me, that's an advantage, and that should have been looked at. Uh, but, you know, I, I think they blew it. I think the league blew it big time when it comes to this, this format. And, and I was more than happy with, with the 3-5 that Ottawa got, but uh, really disappointed as a hockey fan that you have certain teams out there. I, look, I'm from Edmonton. I, I, you know, I grew up in Edmonton. You know, I, I, it's still an organization that I, I'm, you know, I care about. And, and you know, I want, you know, the, the, the friends that I have back home to, you know, after all the crap that they've dealt with and being in the playoffs once, you know, since 2006, you know, they, they deserve some, some good hockey and some good teams and all that, but they shouldn't get Lafreniere. There's no way they should get Lafreniere. Uh, there, there's no way the Toronto Maple Leafs should get Lafreniere. There's no way the Pittsburgh Penguins should get Lafreniere. And, and, and hockey fans shouldn't be forced to this weird, much like they shouldn't have been forced as Sabres fans to, to go to games and cheer for Arizona. They, they, in the same vein, they shouldn't be forced, like Ottawa Senators fans shouldn't be forced to try and decide, do I cheer for Toronto or do I cheer for Columbus? They, they should be cheering for Columbus all day. There shouldn't be any, well, but if Columbus wins, Toronto still has a 12.5% chance of getting Lafreniere. That, that, that doesn't cut it for me. Um, it, it, and that's why this whole format to me is, is it just, uh, it stinks. It doesn't fly for me. Um, you know, I'm, there, there's, you know, a handful of teams. I, I hope it's, I, I know a lot of people would, would kind of, hold their nose and, and, and shake their head if it's Montreal. But I actually think that's one of the better scenarios, right? I mean, they weren't a very good team. They probably shouldn't be in the playoffs. Well, they shouldn't be. They, if they would have won out, if they would have gone 11-0, and sportsclubstats.com had them um, as a 19% chance to make the playoffs if they went 11-0. and So they weren't going to make the playoffs under any circumstances, right? So if a team like that loses in the first round or playing round as expected and gets Lafreniere Blackhawks same way um, you, you, you say okay that's fine but there's some teams that should have no business no business whatsoever Leafs Penguins Oilers top that list um, of, of, of uh, even an opportunity to pick number one overall so that that's I just think the NHL blew it and uh, you know I, I think you know obviously they're hoping for a Montreal, Columbus um, type scenario, Minnesota even, uh, rather than, you know, Leafs, Penguins, or Oilers. Now, you made a, a little bit of a point earlier about the teams that are going to be sitting out for a while. Uh, and I want to I wanna know, has there been any conversation out of teams like Ottawa or Detroit that potentially, you know, they'll get up together at some point to play some hockey games? Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, that we'll, we'll see what happens, right? I mean, 
I do it. Do I think it would be beneficial, especially for some of the young guys, right? Like if you're, if you're a guy that's a, a, a pretty good prospect and, and now like you, you just, let's say you're, you're just, you just finished your junior career or you just finished your first year pro. Um, I, I think it's beneficial for those guys to come back and play some games, kind of, kind of like a development camp, right? Like, like the rookie tournaments that they have at Traverse city or, you know, Ottawa's played in ones in, in London and, uh, and they played in one, you know, a couple in, in Oshawa as well. If they had something similar to that, where, you know, especially for the younger guys and those in between guys that, you know, because, because we don't know when the CHL is going to be back. We don't know when the NCAA is going to be back. We certainly don't know when the AHL is going to be back. And, and we don't know the form that it's going to take. There's a lot of question marks uh, in, in that vein. So, like I said, if you're, if you're one of the better prospects, um, on, on the Leafs or the Blue Jackets or any one of these teams that's that's in the 24, you you're going to at least be able to be one of the black aces for for this format, and 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 that's beneficial. But you know, if, if you're not on the ice other than just getting ice wherever you can, um, you know, and it's not team organized, to me that's a major disadvantage. So I, I hope there's something along those lines, maybe a, a 17 term seven-team tournament, even for just those um, that are, you know, kind of under 23 or under 21 or, or whatever they deem it might be, something like the rookie format, rookie tournament format, that, that it would benefit a lot of teams. And, and maybe, maybe you have a 31-team event like that. And, and you know, you, you have three or four different sites where you have players that are just going to be able to play. And, and you know, because – there there's a lot of uncertainty a lot of these leagues can't open up until there's a vaccine until there's fans allowed in stands and you know you're gonna have socially distanced games you know we're seeing it in soccer we're seeing it in baseball now um you know overseas and you know i, th I think that's great uh, but you know indoors is tougher than outdoors right and so you know hockey is an indoor game um, and, 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 you know, I know Europe, they're, they're talking about starting at, at lower capacities in some of these leagues in Europe, but you know, what are they going to do over here? They, there's, there's big question marks. I don't think there's a lot of answers right now, but hopefully that that's something that, that gets sorted out because you don't want to see some, whether they're part of the 24 or part of the seven, you, you want to see development continue for, for a lot of the best young hockey players out there. I want to. I wanted to come back to that quickly, but I'll, I'll keep you on the topic of the draft lottery from here. Do you think, like, if there would have been a team logo on that card, that people would be less upset, or do you think this is just a a moment of people are upset because somebody that had like a two percent chance to win the lottery won it? Oh, it's a good question. Like I said, I had no problem with the previous format. I just think because of the format they chose, um, I have no problem with the twenty four team format. Um, but because of the format they chose. If they chose 24 teams, just pick the seven that are that are out. Teams that aren't in, they're in the lottery. If you wanted, if if you wanted to go beyond that, I, I I'm I'm one of the believers that they should have had the draft already, um, or or at at least before they get going again. Just you know, for for so many different reasons. I mean, logistical reasons, right? I mean, if if you're if you're a player that is waiting to, to see when the draft is. I mean, you, you have no idea. Some of these guys have no idea where they're going to play. 
So I, I think there, there's, you know, where they, there could have been a little more certainty. There, there's so much uncertainty in this, these times. There could have been just a little bit more certainty had they decided to go that route in, in terms of the prospects. And, um, you know, that, that would have helped. But, um, yeah, I, I mean, I, for me, like teams, I guess the whole Team C, Team D thing, whatever, that was part of it. But the bigger thing is just those certain teams that really have no business getting the number one pick. Um, and, and, you know, I've said them already, right? So um, that, that to me is the biggest problem with, with what happened. And I couldn't agree more with that because you have teams that, if they're going to determine it based on the playing series, you have teams that have a shot, like you said, to go and make a cup run if they really wanted to and have a shot at winning it. And then if they don't, then, oh, well, we have a shot at Lafreniere. You know, no big deal to them. But, um, you know, that ruins it for all the other teams that most definitely should have deserved it. I couldn't agree with you more there. Yeah, and, and I think, I mean, I mean, there's so many different layers. And, and, you know, obviously if the players that are selected to play are, are going to play hard no matter what. But it, it, it leaves some things open, like Montreal again. Um, would you blame Montreal? Max Domi, right? I mean, he's diabetic. Would, would you blame Montreal if they just said, stay home, Max? And maybe they should say, stay home, Max, anyways. Um, you know, and that's Max's choice, right? Just given his, his underlying conditions um, and, and, and his health issues. Um, I, I'm not going to tell Max Domi what to do. That, that, that's for him to decide. And, and whatever he decides, you know, support it a hundred percent but you know like if you're Montreal and you say you know what stay home this guy and that guy and that guy and we're gonna go with we're gonna we're gonna go with, stay home Carrie we'll we'll just play Charlie you got those concerns it's all good we'll play Charlie Lindgren right um look the guys that are gonna play are gonna play hard they're not gonna be thinking draft lottery they don't care about that um they they want to win but it, it opens the door again for shenanigans. Um, you know, like we're seeing it in the NBA with their format, with, with players that are opting out and, and teams saying, you know what, we're, we're that, that, you know, and the NHL is different than the NBA. They're pretty much every team that's going to be involved in this because of the parody could easily go on, on, on a run. Look, Buffalo has had two lengthy winning streaks the last two years and they're a non-playoff team. So who's to say a team, can't go and rattle off, you know, a, a streak like that and, and, and go three, four rounds or go all the way to the Stanley Cup final. We've seen that numerous times in the past with underdogs. Doesn't really happen in basketball. But in basketball, you've got teams that are saying they're just going to use this as, as development because they don't believe they've got a chance to, to win a championship. So if you're one of those teams that's in the play-in, um, again, I, do I see it happening? No, just because of the parity of the NHL. But, you know, what if Montreal, like if Lafreniere at 12.5% means that, you know, what we're just going to, we're going to make five or six different moves that give us less of a chance to win and more of a chance to develop guys, right? Who's to say that doesn't happen? Uh, who's to say Montreal would be wrong? In, in going that route. And, and that, that's where the integrity comes in, in in terms of what they've done here. I, I just think they've, you know, like it's one thing if, if you know you're, you're losing, you're, you're getting the eighth pick versus the 16th 
or something like that. Uh, but, but you're talking about a number one pick and especially Montreal and, you know, how much would they love to have a French superstar there? I mean, it's just, I don't know. You've opened the doors for shenanigans and that's an issue. And I, I think for me, like I'm a Habs fan, right? And I think Montreal is usually a problem for the Penguins. It's not a, a series where the Penguins are going to walk all over them. I think they have such an easy excuse with leaving one of their biggest players at home. Uh, and I'd be surprised if they don't take it. Yeah. And again, that's just, you know, like it's, it's the perception, right? I, do, do I think it's going to happen? No, but it's, it's a combination of, to me, putting fans in a tough spot of, of wondering whether they should cheer for their team or, or cheer for the other team or cheer for a team that they normally wouldn't even think of cheering. Like the, it, it should be easy come playoff time, right? You, you cheer for your favorite team or you cheer for team that you, you kind of like, or you cheer against a team that you don't like, but it, it shouldn't, you shouldn't have the perception of impropriety and, and you, sh- you shouldn't have fans that, that are wondering what they should do when it all come play on playing the time. All right, everyone, we got to take a quick break from AJ Jacubek to thank our sponsor from Customized Sports. They put together the customized Tackle Twill jersey kits that we love so much. And um, you can get yours, too. We got a giveaway going again, Frankie. Yes, we do on our Twitter. It might be our pinned tweet right now. I really don't know. I don't know what's pinned on our own account. It's on Twitter, but it's also on Facebook now. So you can enter in on Twitter. You can enter in on Twitter. As usual, go on our Twitter page and follow the steps on that post. You can also go on Facebook and get entries there. Now, keep in mind, this is one whole giveaway that you can enter in, and you can enter in on both Twitter and Facebook to get extra entries. It's not yeah, two separate giveaways. It's I don't know giveaway. if you know that, but if you have two entries, your odds are higher to win, actually. Yes, so, two entries yeah. is better than one, and we four hired... entries is better than two. I don't know how you get four entries. But... Well, it's three. Oh, three, right, so right, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right, because I forgot about that. If uh, I wrote in the contest rules that if you tag three people, then you get a bonus entry. So I completely forgot what the own my own rules that I made were without consulting you because I'm a great co-host. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, but Nick just got his kit in. I just got my kit in. You know, they're on the jerseys. They're looking good. Uh, I highly recommend these. These are so fun to put together. If you do them right, they look so good at the end. Uh, and, you know, I just got my John Tavares one put together. I had to turn around and admire it because it's pretty good. Mm. Yep, I've, I've finished putting together my Landis Cog one on the Memorial jersey. There we go. Fresh. And next is, next is up the, excuse me, the Nathan McKinnon jersey and the Halifax Moose Heads. That's my next one. Yep. And I don't, Here, you got your next one. You, you yeah, I'm going right? away from hockey this time. I'm going Ottawa Red Blacks, Antoine Pruno. So, mm. hey, All right. sticking with the AJ Jackie Big team. Yeah, so go check out Customized Sports. Uh, they do create jersey kits for all different sports that you want to do. Um, and like Frankie said, man, they're the real deal. So go check them out. Frankie, what's their eBay page again? You can get them on eBay, right? Customized-sports. There you go. Customized and you can get them online sports. at customizedsports.com. There Leap you go. Back to the interview. So we'll move on from the whole lottery situation, and we'll move towards the Senators. Uh but in order to know what the Sens are going to do, we have to know what the Kings are going to do. 
where, where do you think the Kings are going with this? Yeah, I, I mentioned I mentioned this, uh, you know, on TSN 1200 today that I, I just think in, in the calls that I made, I, I'll, I'll be surprised if Tim Stutzla is not a Los Angeles King. I think, uh, you know, just with, with the combination of, um, I know Stefan Ustorf is one of their scouts and, and was apparently watching him closely all season long and loves him. Uh, Marco Sturm, who carries a lot of weight in that organization as, a, as an assistant coach and, you know, uh, apparently a guy that is probably going to be their next head coach, you know, and who knows when that could be. That could be, you know, coaching waiting is a tough thing to, to bestow upon somebody because, you know, you look at how the Kings performed even just towards the end of that, um, of the season here. I mean, they, they got on a real run as well. And, and so, you know, who's to say that Todd McClellan isn't going to be a guy that spends five, six, eight years there. But, but Marco Sturm carries a lot of weight in that organization. And, you know, as someone, uh, German, who, who, who loves, who apparently loves what he sees from Tim Stutzla again. And then you add, you know, German ownership, um, you know, obviously born in the United States, but his family comes from Germany, uh, business interests in Germany, owning Ice Bear in Berlin and the DEL. Um, when you've got the number two prospect, you know, and, and he's on Bob McKenzie's list is the number two prospect, right? So when, when you've got that and that's, that's 10 scouts, NHL scouts, you know, basically making that list up, he's the number two prospect. And, you know, that, would it be a bad decision if they went with Quentin Byfield? No, but, but I think, you know, based on that and based on the fact that Tim Stutzla was apparently enjoying himself, uh, into the early mornings, as, as he should have, um, after the draft lottery, thinking that he's a Los Angeles King. Uh, you know, there, there's, I'd be surprised if he wasn't a Los Angeles King, given, given all of that. So um, I, I think that opens the door for the Senators to, to take uh, Quentin Byfield at number three. Pretty easy choice at that point. I mean, there's other players that I think are going to push, but, you know, I, I, I think it, you'd be hard pressed to pass on Quentin Byfield at number three with his not just his size and, and skating ability but high-end skill hockey IQ I don't I don't buy into the compete you know he needs to compete harder I you know, maybe uh, on a Monday in, in North Bay in January yes but you know having seen him in the playoffs last year against the 67s four straight games I, I saw somebody that competed tremendously hard so I think he's a great package. I think he's got a chance to be a, you know, a, a very good number one center in the NHL. And, you know, I, I think pretty good chance that we're talking about Quentin Byfield to the Ottawa Senators on draft day, whenever that is, which, you know, then leads to Detroit, and, you know, all signs point to them taking a forward. So if you're Ottawa, um, Hey, if, you know, if, if four forwards are taken, you've got the opportunity to take another forward, whether it's a Marco Rossi or an Alexander Holtz or a Jack Quinn, if you like them that much and you think that's the best player in the draft, or you basically get uh, probably your pick of the best defenseman in the draft, unless the wings go with another defenseman, but there's certainly a, a, a team that has a lot more depth in terms of young talent um, on the blue line with, you know, Moritz Sider and Shalowski and Heronic and Hicketts and Johansson and, um, McIsaac, I mean, they, they've got some really good young defensive prospects. Uh, they, they're 
they're light in terms of forwards with the exception of a guy like Zadina. They've got guys like Joe Valeno and, um, and Rasmussen as well, but, but they, they could use a high end forward big time, the Red Wings. So I'd, I'd be surprised if they went D which, you know, leaves Ottawa in a good spot. Even if you lo- love one of those D at number three to challenge Byfield, I, you, you're probably going to have your pick of that D at number five. So I, I don't see the Senators trading up. I don't see the, the Senators trading down when it comes to those picks. You're in a great spot there. And then, you know, depending on what happens with the Islanders, and again, they could end up, um, the only way Ottawa doesn't end up with the Islanders pick is if the Islanders lose to Florida and then the Islanders win the draft lottery. Then, of course, it gets deferred until 2021 because that pick is is uh, lottery protected in the Jean-Gabriel Pajot trade. But, you know, let's say they do lose to Florida and they don't win the lottery. You're talking about uh, a pick in the middle of the first round that could be as high as 13. And, and you know, you've got an opportunity with eight picks in the top 64 and some of the young talent that you've got to use some of those assets potentially to trade up into the top 10 or 11. And that's maybe where you can get a Holt, a Quinn, a Rossi, if, if he's there, an Askarov. So like a lot of great potential if you're an Ottawa Senators fan right now in terms of scenarios. And I, I don't see a scenario where, where they're losing if you're getting a Byfield, a Drysdale and a Sanderson and, and maybe can trade up to get a Quinn or a Holtz. That, that to me would be a phenomenal draft if they can come away uh, with, with a trio like that. Yeah. And Frankie and I actually did like mini mock drafts last week talking about, especially the Ottawa Senators situation with having, you know, such high picks. Um, do you think with just such a deep draft with so much talent in this, that it would be, I shouldn't say dumb to go based off the top ranking player, but maybe go based off team meet team need for Ottawa. Do you think it would be, I guess, smart maybe to go defenseman J- Jamie Drysdale with one of those two picks or just go two forwards and get the best players on the board. I, I'm all about best players available. I'm all about like at, at that spot, right? You start getting into the second round and beyond and yeah, you've, you've got to start looking at position. Okay. We could really use a right shot D even like later in the first round. I, I can live with that, but you have two picks in the top five. Uh, I think, you know, ideally you're not taking two wingers in the top five, given the fact that they've got, I, I think, a pretty good comp. You know, you've got Formanton, you've got Batherson, you've got um, obviously Brady Kachuk. You, you've got Colin White, who I think is a winger more than he is a forward. So uh, am I taking two wingers in the top five? Well, number one, I think you're taking Byfield at, at three or Stutzlin. He can be a center as well. So I don't, I don't see that scenario of two wingers in the top five, but, I, like I said, I'm, I'm good with them taking whatever, whether it's three forwards in the top 11, like it, whether, you know, and, and whether that's two centers or, or not, um, you know, just watch the, the Canada cup recently and that replay. And, you know, it didn't, didn't hurt Canada that they had, you know, a line, the last, the last shift of the game when they won um, or second last shift of the game. But you know, when, when Lemieux, Gretzky, and Howard Chuck are all on the ice at the same time, no one said, geez, there's too many centers here, right? So you can always move centers to the wing. Canada's shown that numerous times. Leon Dreisaitl, you know, he plays center most of the time, but sometimes they throw him up with McDavid and he plays on the wing. So you can always move centers to the wing. It's not ideal to move wingers to center, um, you know, with, with how 
important that position is. So they, I think they need a center out of this draft for sure. Um, and I think they're getting a center at, at number three. And, and then to me, look, if they go two more forwards, if they go one defenseman, if they go a defenseman and a goalie, um, whatever they decide, if, if they think that's, those are the best players on the board, then go with the best players. Um, I think they're in a pretty, pretty good spot with, with where they're at and, and just with what they have in the organization that, that they have options to do that. So as long as they come out of this uh, with one center in the first round, at least then, you know, and you've got good centers in the organization. I, I don't give up on Logan Brown yet. Um, I think Josh Norris is a chance to be a real good number two. There's a chance Logan Brown could be a number one. Um, but, but you know, that, that's, it's, it's not set in stone. It's not hundred percent. Right. So, um, absolutely. I'm going with, with the center at three, um, just because I think that's going to be the best player available. And then for, for me that high, and if you're able to trade up into, into the top 11 or 12 and, and Pierre Dorian's talked about Lafreniere being number one for him and, and two guys being two and three, which I think we can all assume is Stutzla and, and, and Byfield. And, and then, you know, uh, probably a top 12, which, which would include, and, you know, I, I could be dead wrong there. There could be two, two wild cards in, in the group, but you're, you're talking about, if you're talking about four through 12, if that, that's his next tier, then you're talking about um, Marco Rossi, Jack Quinn, uh, Cole Perfetti, uh, Drysdale and Sanderson, uh, the two Swedes, Holtz and, and, uh, and Raymond, uh, the goalie Askarov, and then you know, like who's who else is in that group? Is it Seth Jarvis? Is it is it Hendricks Lapierre? Um, you know, with with you know, maybe they they they're they're comfortable that the neck slash concussion issues, um, you know, are uh, are going to be a thing of a past now. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's Lucas Reichel, who you know, another DEL player from Germany that looks so good at, at the World Juniors. Uh, so. So there's there's a lot of different guys. I think we know who the top eleven are, um, you know, in whatever order, just based on you know like pretty much all the different rankings. But um, you know, there does seem to be kind of that that trend to, to say, well, top eleven, top twelve, those, those guys in whatever order are kind of interchangeable from four through eleven or four through twelve. And that's why I think you, you you're you're good at three, you're good at five. And then, you know, use those assets that you have. Again, eight picks in your first 64. You're not – with with the players you've got right now, you know, and I've heard this from people as well. Like, it's been tough for them to sign college free agents because they're realizing that, you know, that this is an organization that is so deep in young talent, you might get overlooked, right? So you're, you're only going to have so many guys that can play. You know, are you going to draft eight guys in the top 64? Well, you might if, if, if you don't have a trade that you like. But you can you can use those picks, um, you know, because only so many guys can sign, only so many guys can play, and you can use those picks as assets to move up or as assets to get, you know, an, another player to play now. And, and you know, I think if you're Pierre Dorian, it's nice to have those types of options to be able to do different things. And 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 you know what? Maybe in another sense, giving up multiple second round picks along with your first to move up a couple of spots or a few spots might be uh, seem like an overpayment, but if you're Ottawa and you, you know that that's, there's a player there that you're dead set on, 
um, and, and you can, you can kind of do one of those. The best trades are the ones that benefit both teams. And if you can give up those assets and benefit both teams where everyone's happy, then, then great. And then you can go out and get, you know, like, man, just dreaming of a Byfield Sanderson or Byfield Drysdale Quinn or Holtz type draft is, is incredible. I mean, that's as good a top three that you're going to get, um, you know, in, in maybe another team that's had three guys in the, in the first round that high that, that have a chance to be that good. That, that, that's why there's legit excitement in terms of internal expectations within the senators. And, and when you talk to scouts around the league, why, you know, there, there's a little bit of envy. Look, the, the last three years have been pretty terrible for, if you're a Sens fan, but there, there is definite envy when you talk to hockey people around the league about what the setup is here and, and the fact that you've got Kachuk and Shabbat to go along with the young prospects, you know, the, the Belleville guys, to go along with, you know, just having three picks as high as they've got, three and five in particular, and then eight of the top 64. Not a lot of teams are, are set up to, to, to really have a run like the Senators could have, you know, whether it's unparalleled success, you know, I don't know. But, but you know, like they, they are definitely set up as a team that, you know, I think as early as 21-22, I, I don't think they're a playoff team next year, but I think as early as 21-22, they've got a chance to, to really take some steps and be a playoff team and then, you know, be a contender shortly after that. So one last thing for me before we let you go. Um, we've seen a lot of talk about uh, Marco Rossi to Ottawa at number five. Where would you say, where, where would you put the odds at that that is what we end up seeing? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I, I would probably say that I think Drysdale or Sanderson is a better bet at five than, than a Rossi or a Perfetti or a Holtz or, or one of the forwards. Um, but I wouldn't rule it out. Look, and again, it comes down to best player. And if you think that Marco Rossi is the best player at number five and you get a byfield, uh, and now all of a sudden you've got byfield and Rossi and Logan Brown and, 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 and Norris up the middle, um, man, you, you're, you're talking about a, a position that you would not have to worry about uh, for, a, for a long, long time, even if one or two of those guys don't pan out. Um, but, you know, having watched Marco Rossi uh, the last two years in junior, um, I, I think whoever's getting Marco Rossi is getting a guy that's um, pretty, pretty darn close to, to being in the NHL. I, I go back to 0304 when I started doing 67's games. So I've called the likes of uh, Logan Couture and Sean Monaghan and Travis Konechny and, and, and so on and so forth, Tyler Toffoli. And the, he's, he's definitely the most NHL ready. And look, Monaghan played at 19, Konechny played at 19. Um, and, and, you know, just like Monaghan, he's a late birthday. That's, that would be a true 19 year old next year. And, and I think he's ready. I think he's got that. He's not Sidney Crosby. I'm not, I, I don't want to put those types of expectations on, on Marco Rossi, but I think he plays a very similar style. Someone said to me, he's six feet, 200 pounds, Crosby. I can tell you, I interviewed him <laughs> numerous times. I'm five foot 10 and a half. He, he doesn't have, he doesn't have a centimeter on me, Sidney Crosby. He's, he's five, 10 and a half tops. So, you know, Marco Rossi is like five, nine. Like there, there's not much difference, but the games are similar in terms of having that slow 
center of gravity and just the strength that he has. So he, I look, is he going to dominate physically? Um, no, he's not. Um, you know, especially when he's playing bigger guys, but when he, when he can, he's so shifty and so strong down low that I have no doubt that he's, he's going to be strong enough to win battles down low, even when he's playing bigger players. I've seen it enough, even in the OHL. Yeah. It's a, a big difference playing against men is playing against the Ontario hockey league, but this is a guy that, uh, that, that skates well. He's got 10 out of 10 hockey sense. He's got, you know, 10 out of 10 competitive nature. And he's got 10 out of 10 skill. So if his skating is, is 8 out of 10 and his size and strength is, in my opinion, no worse than 7 out of 10 because he's got that lower just strength in terms of his lower body to go along with the other things, to me – total package. I, I'm a guy, I've said this before on the radio, there are guys like Tyler Toffoli, like Brian Bickle that I've watched that, you know, I didn't expect them to be as good as they were at the next level because we're all guilty of seeing guys, you know, when you see a guy 60, 80, 100 times, um, you, know, let, you know, 20 times, but, you know, when you see a guy that much, you know, sometimes you, you, you look at their flaws just a little too much. Um, so, you know, I'll say this on, on Marco Rossi and Jack Quinn. I'm not too concerned about anything with, with those guys. Um, and, and it's very rare for me to say that about a player that I've watched as much as, as Jack Quinn and Marco Rossi. And you're talking about two guys that are top 10 on every list for a reason. They're going to play. They're going to be great players. Rossi's going to be the best player in Austrian history with all due respect to Thomas Vanek, um, in my opinion. And, 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 and Jack Quinn is a guy that, he was on the fourth line last year when he should have been on a second line, but you know, that, that Ottawa team was that deep that they had 11 guys, you know, once they made some trades after the deadline that had half a point a game or more. And, and Jack Quinn bought into the fact that, you know what, I'll play in the fourth line. I'll play a little bit on the power play. I'll move up and down the lineup a little bit, depending on injuries or time of game when we need a goal, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll put them out there, but he was good enough to be a second line player the year before. Uh, but, you know, circumstance put him into that spot as a fourth line guy, um, you know, that, that played regular minutes. And, and now you, you look at him getting second line minutes last year and first line power play time. And just his game just kept on skyrocketing. It, you saw the flashes before, but the flashes turned into like regular, regular bits of, of brilliance. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I don't even know who I'd rank first between the two of them. I think they're both, legit top 10 guys in a, in a, in a very strong top 10. And uh, you know, I, I think whoever gets both of those guys is going to be very lucky because they both possess uh, you know, a lot of the great qualities that you need, like competitive nature, for example, that, that, uh, that you want beyond the, the, the obvious skill, hockey sense, skating, goal scoring ability, all that type of stuff. Right. And, uh, and, and that's why you, you've got, you know, Two guys that, uh, you know, that, that I've never seen two, two guys on the 67s, for example, in the same draft that, that have, you know, have this type of upside. And, and, and I, I think this type of – there's never any certainty. But I – so, like, at the very least, I'm certain both these guys are going to play. Not, we're not talking about two guys that, you know, have the potential to be boom or bust. These guys are both going to play. And, you know, what a credit to what uh, the 67s have done to have two guys that are legit 
studs like this in Rossi and Quinn. Well, AJ, we thank you for your time coming on with us today. It was a good discussion. Won't keep you too long. You've been uh, talking all day on In the Box. Um, but, uh, yeah, we really appreciate you coming on. And uh, it's great to see that you're all healed up back in the booth. And I can't wait to see you back up there calling Red Blacks games, uh, hopefully in September. Awesome. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. My pleasure. Thanks, man. Take care. All right, everyone. Welcome back from the interview. Hope you enjoyed it. Frankie enjoyed it. I know he did. I know oh, I enjoyed it. yeah. I learned a lot. Oh, yeah? In terms of, in terms of not really knowledge, but, you know, perspective, you know, looking at the draft and what teams might be looking at. He pretty much put my thought process when I put my mock draft to shame. And Well, right because it was shameful to begin with. You're right. I tried to respect it. I tried to understand it. Um, but I question you. But hearing it from a professional, now now I'm I'm changed. Can I'm I, not changed, but can I, I respect talk, I respect what he says. Can well, I talk about up? the thing where uh, I, I want to talk about this earlier, but I didn't want to spoil it, and that was his comment about uh, how the Kings have so many German ties that he thinks they're going to pick Stutzley over Byfield. I was shocked by that too. That is something. Very shocked. Considering I, I thought that the Kings would be one of the teams that, like, you just know, like, they're going to pick Kopitar, right? Or not, sorry, Kopitar, Byfield. Kopitar yeah, is which a comparison. Is, right, right. Um, but I that, honestly that, thought he would go for Byfield. Yeah. That's, uh, like, to have somebody who's been, who is able to make those calls and who has the ability to get in, to, in contact with people that are high ranking in the organizations. I think that's a different insight that we haven't been able to have that, you know, kind of changes everything. Like if Byfield falls to Ottawa and Stutzley goes to the Kings, you know, I think a, a Byfield and to Chuck run Ottawa Senators would be a pretty damn good team in the future. Now, obviously you have to get some other stuff like uh, AJ was talking about, like that Islanders pick, if that goes to 12, that could be absolutely huge for them to decide what they want to do. But if you get Byfield and Rossi and then you can add a guy like Sanderson or uh, Hendrick Lapierre in that 12 spot, you're set, right? Like there's nothing to be worried about down the line. I think they're going to be the winners out of this draft no matter what happens, just with the amount of picks they can get. I don't – they're either going to be the biggest winner or the biggest loser. I, I don't think there's any way that they can sit neutral in this draft. There's just too much on the line for them. I don't see how you can be a loser in this, though. Well, you when totally, you have the draft you totally can, right? You every every draft year, you come in and you say that this guy's going to be a star, this guy's going to be a star, this guy's going to be a star, and the vast majority of the time, there's a couple of busts. So, if they draft, uh, uh, let's let's say they go with Byfield, they go with Raymond, and they go with Sanderson. Well, if Byfield comes out and he's a good player for you, but he, he's never reached a star level, he plays like second line minutes the whole time. Raymond flops out and Sanderson flops out. You're a loser all of a sudden. But do I expect that this is going to be the case in this draft? I, I think less so than most drafts, probably. I don't know if you would agree with that or not. But, you know, the, that possibility still exists. We say this every year, right? Right. Going into it, we say this about the top five picks that they're going to be a good player or they have a great future. And a lot of the times we see – you know, only a couple out of the for, or the top ten, really, that pan out really well. Like, we thought Nail Yakupov was going to be an absolute star. 
Yeah, I mean, I've been watching it, his Sarnia stuff, and he was yeah. lethal. Sometimes it just doesn't work out at the next level. Um, but, you know, I, there's so many interesting things that he told us, um, especially I thought the Marco Rossi, Jack Quinn stuff was really interesting, where, you know, I, I think he might be the first person that I've ever heard say that Jack Quinn could go higher than Marco Rossi. I don't think I've ever heard that before. But, you know, personally, I don't see it. As somebody who covers the 67s and is very close to that team, as in I'm, I watch every single game, every single night, I don't think they're anywhere close. Right? I think Marco Rossi's head and shoulders above Jack Quinn. But to hear somebody who is even closer than I am to that team say that he thinks Jack Quinn could go over top of Marco Rossi is super fascinating. Yeah, I, I I don't think I can get on board with Jack Quinn going over Marco Rossi. I don't know what is going through a team's mind when you're picking and both of them are on the board. Um, but what do I know? <laughs> um, yeah, I can't get on board with that. I have to agree with you there. It's not necessarily I can't get on. Like, I could see it happening. I don't, I don't think I can. No, I could see it happening only because of Marco Rossi's size and – potential that some teams upside the the top five are huge Jack Quinn fans you know I don't necessarily think it's going to happen but I could see a situation where that does end up happening but you know I don't know maybe that's just a hot take AJ taking over a little bit I don't know yeah well I think this interview was just more fun to get some new perspectives on certain players and team strategies in the draft and you know it was fun to talk with him but I do want to remind everyone, Frankie, that next week we are going to get back into our routine of the covering some prospects, but we're, we're doing goalies this time around. We're going to have a goalie yes. special. Yeah. I don't know exactly who we're going to talk about, um, but I know Yaroslav Askarov is going to be one of them for sure. And, Nick, I'm probably going to make you talk about Ottawa 67, Will Cranley. Probably. Okay. Number three, North American goalie. I don't think that's too much of a stretch. No. So, we'll see. Um, but it'll, it'll definitely be a different episode. Obviously, it won't just be top strengths and weaknesses that, you know, bare bones like the other ones are. But um, it'll be – Don't call our other episodes bare bones. What well, is wrong with you? Not bare bones, but straightforward, I should say. Excuse me, straightforward. That's right, a better well, phrase. I'm a goalie, so I'm okay. obviously an expert in, this, in the, the field. There you go. Frankie is going to be the expert in this episode. Oh boy. Next week, we'll be featuring a special guest, Frankie Benvenuti. He's our goalie expert. He'll be joining us. All right. Okay. Never been a co-host referred to as a special guest before. Both. Cool. Yeah. Special hosts. Cool. All right. Well, I think with that, I think we'll, uh, we'll call it a day. What do you say? Sure. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, before we call it a day, don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter. We're at HPR underscore podcast. Let us know if you want to hear a certain prospect or you want to hear some, I don't know, more mock drafts. Maybe we'll go into the second round and do some mock drafts. No, but if you guys want to hear it, we'll do it. Um, we're also on Facebook at HPR podcast. Just take out that underscore. We will happily message you guys back if you want to hear something and reach out to us. Yeah. Yeah, you can follow me at 613Frankie on Twitter. And – the other thing, too, I, th- I think we had so much fun with this episode focusing on the Senators. 
if you are a fan of a team that you want us to focus on, um, hit us up. We are totally into doing stuff like this down in the line um, and, and kind of engaging with what the people want. And, uh, you know, if you happen to know somebody who you would really like us to talk to, tell us that too. We'll see what we can do. I like that. Yeah, if you guys want to hear a draft analysis or a prospect report on a team or who they should pick or who they already have and maybe do reports on them, I think that'd be fun. I like that idea, Frankie. Good I'm thinking. full of good ideas. Do you know that? Yeah, great ideas. So before we get rid of all your great ideas all in this episode, let's, let's call it a day. Like, oh, don't forget, I'm on Twitter too, guys. At Sieg62, give me a follow. Hit me up. All right, guys. See you later. See you next week. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Hockey Prospect Report. Before we let you go, we want to once again remind you about our sponsor, Customized Sports. If you've forgotten, they offer high-quality tackle twill jersey kits featuring the name bar and the numbers that give a professional look to your, your blank jersey. For more information about Customized Sports, visit them online at www.customizedsports.com or on their Reddit or eBay page at customized-sports. Be sure to use code PROSPECT10 at checkout for your 10% discount and check out our Twitter giveaway that we're currently running. It's the pinned tweet on our Twitter. Thank you again for them sponsoring us.